Welcome to the Liberty Brothers, episode zero. This one is going to be all about introductions and getting to know the hosts, uh, Reed and Max. Yeah, you guys get to get to learn a little bit about us. Yeah, so both of us took some questions. Uh, I have some really funny questions that I'm going to be asking Reed, and I don't know what he's going to be asking me. Uh, starting from the basics, obviously, you know our names, um, how we got into, I guess, loving this beautiful country that we live in and wanting to educate people on it. Yeah, absolutely. And just a little bit of background on the podcast itself, like where the idea came from. So back when when there was uh, this terrible incident that happened, uh, the Parkland shooting, there emerged a, a figure, a public figure. His name is David Hogg. And he did, he, <laughs> Max, tell the story. This, this is all you, buddy. You're the one who did this. All right. So I, I had just moved to Arizona. I was living with my grandparents. There was like 10 people living in the house and it was a lot. And then David Hogg comes on the TV about the Parkland shooting and he's just advocating for gun control, and not even gun control, but gun confiscation. Like, like Germany, Australia, gun confiscation. He's like, no one deserves guns. My school got shot up, and like, yeah, that sucks. And I'm, I'm not advocating for schools to get shot up. I'm not even in the least saying any of that. Um, but. You can see it in France. They took away the guns. People started stabbing people. You're not allowed to have a kitchen knife now. I think I think not just in France, but like in... Uh, I mean, all over the place. Really. Most European countries. Well, the, the ones with strict gun control. Especially like um, the British. I mean, you, you have to have... Um, you have to have a you permit. have to have a permit to have a have a kitchen knife or a razor blade or if you're an electrician. Knife. Yeah, or the the uh, plaster putty knives. People have get, gotten fines for that. I, it's ridiculous. But anyway, so David Hogg came out and he said he wanted quote unquote gun control, and his gun control form was confiscation of guns across the board. So that nobody could be shot. So I started a Facebook group called Say No to Gun Control. Gun Control in quotations. <clears throat> um, because I... Alright. I'm, um, I'm a firm believer that everyone should be allowed to buy a machine gun. A firm believer. Now... Sure, there should definitely be something in place to make it so that not every single citizen can have a machine gun. Um, You're talking about criminals and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it'd be... Or even like the mentally ill. I mean, I, I don't bash on anyone. You know this better than anyone. Some people just don't need guns. Yeah, I... I, I actually... I mean, I can see... From from my perspective, in in my Stop. profession, <laughs> I can I can definitely see where where uh, certain certain legislation is is essential to keep tools out of the hands of some potentially dangerous people. Well, yeah, like I don't think it's ever happened, but could you imagine a um a schizophrenic person having a hallucination and the hallucination's like, hey, I'm here to kill you. And he takes this fully automatic Kalashnikov uh, out from on top of his nightstand and just lights up the room, lives in an apartment. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, something like this may have happened before. Someone trying to shoot a hallucination and shooting someone through a wall or something or whatever, but... Um... But yeah, so I I don't think everyone should have a gun, but taking away all of the guns isn't <clears throat> isn't the answer, and that's not just where this is going. This is all about the liberties and freedoms that we have as Americans because of the events that took place leading up to a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, today, and all the way back to 
I'll go as far as to say back into the early 1700s when the colonies had first formed. There's a lot of history between then and now, and that history has taken us to the place we are today that allows us to say and do the things we want, including this podcast. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we're we're the Liberty Brothers. We're going to be taking you on this guided journey, not to sound like a hippie. No offense to hippies, but... (laughs) Yeah, so, like you said, it started out as a Facebook page, and the stuff that we were posting on there was literally just, like, quotes from from the founding fathers and, and funny, uh, funny pictures and stuff like that. But, um, then Max came up with this, uh, this idea of a podcast and I was like, yeah, why not? I think it's super ironic that we set this up when we did and decided to do episode zero today because I actually got a notification yesterday that a post you made on March 3rd of last year, uh, went against community guidelines and had to be taken down. It was that Hitler quote. About the children? I, I, had, I didn't even look at that. I just saw that. Uh, well, I, I appealed it, and I was like, you guys took it out of context. It's just a quote that Hitler said, you know, that if, if you make... People will endure any kind of strife if it's for the good of the children. Yeah. And that's not the direct quote. That's kind of... It's just paraphrased. Paraphrased. But that's that's the quote, and they said, no, you're sharing a dangerous individual or organization... We won't stand for this. It has to be taken down. I couldn't even find a way to contact Facebook about that. No, they said we're not even accepting um, personal appeals because we don't have as many people running the appeals section right now. Because I tried. I went through the entire process and I tried. But it's super ironic that we get the message that we're going to be deplatformed the day before we start recording the podcast. Um. And I absolutely capitalized on that. I've hit some Facebook groups, some Instagram groups, uh, a couple of websites on sharing podcasts and all that jazz. And gotten some mixed feedback. There were some people that absolutely hate the idea because I'm a conservative-leaning American. And, you know, more people that love it. You know, even, even people on the other side of the spectrum that are like, hey, you don't seem like the quote-quote typical conservative... I would like to give it a listen and at least see how I feel about it. I'm really excited for those people because I'm not the typical conservative. I feel like my gay neighbors should be able to protect their marijuana crops with their machine guns. And that's something that we really need to put an emphasis on is we aren't <laughs> we aren't your typical uh, quote-unquote Republican, conservative, driving around in big Chevy trucks. No, dude, you drive a Volkswagen Jetta. You get 52 miles per gallon. Because I'm smart. <laughs> no, I know. Like, fiscally, it's a really good idea. Yeah, but we we don't just hop on a bandwagon because all of the quote-unquote conservatives are voting for Trump. I think I think that they're doing almost exactly what the, the other side of the spectrum is. They're literally just following following the sheep and they don't they don't actually try to educate themselves in a manner that would help and if you want to vote for Trump or or Biden or whoever I mean you go right ahead that's your right and I am not going to sit here and hassle you about who you vote for because you have a right to vote for whoever you want to see that's the difference now, do I think that somebody is a uh, is a little less developed in the mental department if they vote for Biden? P- probably, but <laughs> you see this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The people that were um, heckling me for <laughs> thinking less <laughs> of the left side of the political spectrum. I think that's why that. Well, so, like, I don't I don't believe in either party, and I don't mean to say, like, neither one exists or whatever. I just don't believe in them, like, you know, you can do it manner. I literally don't believe in them. Um, they're, like, every politician that's in office today, not every, most, I feel only care about money. Whether it be money for their state, money for their office, money for a specific organization or company... Um, or money for themselves. And that's why I don't believe in either side. 
of of the spectrum because the Republicans say, oh, the Democrats just want to give all of our hard-earned money to the poor people. And as a poor people, um, I can tell you I don't get any money from hardworking Republicans. Um, and and, and the, the Democrats say, oh, the Republicans just want to keep all of their money for themselves. And, well, uh, that's... That's what capitalism is. That's the kind of economy we're supposed to have. Free market. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in taxes as long as they go to what they're supposed to go to. We live in a wonderful state where uh, they collect taxes from us and they promise to fix the roadways and the roadways still suck. There's this wonderful town about 26 miles north of where we are right now and there's more potholes than there is road. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost a hazard just to drive. It literally is. Um... It's pretty bad when you have to wait for winter to be able to drive your car the way you want to drive it because you'll break a strut if you do it in the summer when there's no snow filling in the potholes. <laughs> I mean, it, no, it's true. It's true. And we live in... Our taxes aren't horrible here. They're really not that bad. But just put the money towards what it's supposed to go to instead of anything else. Yeah, and I, I think that, I, I mean, I believe that taxes are necessary. They absolutely are. Otherwise, our government would not be able to function. This was an issue that um, the early Americans had with the Articles of Confederation, is the, the federal government had absolutely no power to tax the people, and people wouldn't, people wouldn't pay for anything. Um, the military was extremely underfunded because of this. And I mean, there was a there was a plotted coup against the the early government that uh, the military actually wanted George Washington to lead, but he wouldn't. He actually talked them down. Wait, wait, wait! After he had already left office? No, this was before. Oh, oh, before. This was before the Constitution was actually signed and ratified. Oh, one, so this was during George the, Washington turned down presidency three times. <laughs> Actually, that would have been more of a military dictatorship. Um, but he turned down president when he was elected president. They were like, we want you to be president. And he's like, I don't want it. And they're like, no one else is stepping up. And he was like, well, I, I guess I got it. And then they wanted him to run again, and he said no. So, realistically, he turned down a leadership position three times. Yeah. And, like I said, I mean, taxes are necessary. There, there are certain things that... The Republicans and, and the the proclaimed conservative don't quite understand the history of. And I think that's that's a big reason why we started this podcast is because we want people to be educated on why things are now and, and how they came to be. And just a disclaimer, I mean, we are still learning ourselves. You know, they didn't teach us this in school. So we have to go out and spend our own money. That's true. I actually um, learned about the uh, Article 1 of Section 1 of the Constitution two weeks ago. Like, specifically what that says. Yeah, the, the, uh, that all, all legislative power is, in, is vested in Congress. Yeah. And, and the, the voting process. Like, voting is supposed to be in person and it's supposed to be verified. It says that in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But how many people actually know that? How many people have actually gone and, and read the Constitution? I'm 23 and a half years old, and I learned it two weeks ago. I attended two high schools. I attended five elementary schools, and no one ever taught me that. Um, yeah, really, really big reason because of the amount of schools that I've attended and my lack of... Um, American executive branch knowledge, I guess is the best way to put that sentence. Um, oh, all of this was fun, but I do have some really awesome questions for you, so let's get into that. All right. Yeah, we wanted to do some interviewing of each other, just to give you guys a little bit of a better understanding about where, you know, where, where we lie on the, on the issues all right, do you want a fun question for the first one or a think about it for a minute question for the first one? Just hit me with whatever. 
hit you with whatever. All right, uh, what inspired you to do this? The whole podcast, uh, me inviting you to the Facebook group, all of it. What inspired it? My diehard belief that if you don't do something about an evil, then evil wins. I love that. That is a beautiful answer, and I love it. And it goes to speak a lot about your profession. <laughs> um, I did hit you with this one earlier this week for a warm-up. But so, if you could be anywhere in 1773, <laughs> where would you like to be? Yeah, I actually thought about this for a little bit when you asked me the first time. Yeah. And I was leaning like, you know, it'd be pretty cool. To be at the Boston Tea Party throwing tea into the harbor. So, hold on. You're still sticking with your first oh, answer? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. 100%. So, I thought about it, and I was like, that'd be pretty cool. But what would be even more just... It would, it would bring so much joy to my heart <laughs> to be a fly on the wall in King George's Palace in that room where he was when he received the news about the Boston Tea Party. Or, or being the, being the guy to give him the letter that says, hey, the Americans dumped a bunch of your crap into the harbor just to see how torqued he was. Oh, it'd be so good. So he actually, he, he told me this exact same thing like three days ago, and I wasn't expecting it. I left for like 15 minutes because I didn't, I was like, yeah, I want to throw tea into the harbor. And he was like, no, I want to be there when the dude who finds out that he owns the tea, that it went into the harbor. Yeah. It just baffled me. It was the craziest answer ever. And I love it. And I'm here for it. All right. So how did you become so educated on the subject of American history and our civil liberties? I was homeschooled. I was homeschooled, and that was actually I had a class. It was it was specifically called constitutional literacy, being well versed in in uh, what the Constitution is, what what it means when it says certain things, like you like you were saying the uh, the Article One, Section One that all legis- you know legislative power is to be vested in a congress i mean that was a that was a huge thing in that in that uh that course that i took so these are i mean these are things that i that i was taught because i was i wasn't in the public school setting so i th- i think that's the primary reason that that i know a little bit more than than your average person on it that leads me to my next question. Should every public and private school require that same class? I think absolutely. I mean, my, my answer is yes as well. But there are classes that I hated taking that I was like, oh, I'm never going to use this knowledge. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I don't want to go here because it sucks or whatever. And I feel like, I did you ever feel that way about that class or No. No, I really didn't, um, because that was that was well into high school, and I started to to get an idea of, like, you know, man, there there are some things that are actually really important to know. So, like when I got into that class, I was I was I think it was my senior year. Um, it was a little bit more advanced than than the rest of the stuff I was taking, but. Yeah, I do believe that that is something that that public schools should uh, implement into not necessarily just one section, right? I think I think that should be a more broad uh, program. Is learning of the Constitution, learning about American history, and trying to educate younger children. Like what their heritage is, like how many how many people know that there was actually a uh, a government set up before the government we have? Like there, the original government didn't work. I don't know. I've I've learned a lot of stuff even in the last month uh, as we've been prepping for this. There were a lot of things that I was entirely unaware of, and I've gone from like historical movies even to like uh, the musical Hamilton. 
Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Like, no. So, like, that actually educated me in a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Like, nobody at the time could figure out how he made the exec or not the executive, the, the federal finance system. They were just dumbfounded. They tried to delete it and they couldn't do it. He's he was extremely intelligent. Yeah. And and I think in his time he was probably one of the most well written. He was he was an extremely good author. Well he was always writing like he was running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he extremely, extremely intelligent dude from the the West Indies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't even like born in America. He came to America. Um quite a few of those guys did. I mean Lafayette was a big part of the American Revolution and he was straight up French. Well, I mean he, he uh he was one of the generals in the generals. Was he a general? Uh I, I believe know. I believe he was a general he, he was in a command position. Of the of the French army at that time. Yeah. And then when the col- you know, mm. the colonials when the Continental uh, Congress reached out to them, they were like, yeah, we're going to send this guy. And everybody was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Um, all right, next question. And this is another one I let you warm up on. It's not the really fun one, but it's it's decent. If you could change one thing about the fundamentals of the country, what would it be? And your answer earlier this week was uh, the Supremes the Supreme Court's ability to define law when it comes to civil liberties has that answer changed? I don't. I don't think it has. Um, civil liberties, and specifically the Bill of Rights, was written for for the purpose of hey, these are the things the government cannot touch. Yet, through the process of interpretation. They've been able to encroach on those those fundamental rights that were put into place so that, I mean, the government couldn't encroach on those rights. I mean, it's, it's asinine when you actually think about it and, like, digest it for a minute. Checks and balances, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do believe that that's, that's probably something that I think that'd be the first thing. That I would change if I could change a fundamental. All right. So along with the word, um, or to go go along with the, the final words of that one, define civil liberties for me. My definition or like... Yes, your, your, your words, your words. Civil liberties are aspects of human nature that are just inherently there. Okay. They are, they are things that every human should be afforded and that nothing should be able to tamper with that. Um, I was reading a book about, what was it called? It was called, oh, The Naked the naked Communist. And in that book, it actually lists out uh, two different types of civil liberties. There's, there's inerrant ones that aren't vested by the government, they are just there. They're endowed by a creator rather than your governing body. So the the right to defense. Yep. Um, the right to think freely and speak freely. Uh, the right to property. Those those are all inerrant rights and civil liberties that should not be touched. All right, my last one for you. What is another liberty or more of a liberty you feel Americans are entitled to that they don't have today? Elaborate a little bit. I, I, I didn't quite understand that one. So liberty being right. Yeah. Like a right. What is another right or a right that is restricted too much? All of them. <laughs> quite literally all of them I love that you said that with a straight face there's no <laughs> I mean it's an actual issue <laughs> but I no you're right to to specify 
which one I think is probably the most um, restricted. I'm going to disagree with you already, and I, I will explain why. No, you, you go ahead, and then I will disagree. The right to free speech. Oh, no, actually, we agree. I love that. Um, so the reason I was going to disagree with you is because I thought you were going to say something. Second Amendment. Exactly. Um, but the reason I have to disagree with that, and I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that the Second Amendment has been encroached. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and not the right to free speech exactly, but the right to media or the right to uh, free press, I think, is how it's written. Yeah. The right to free press. Um, because all of the news companies and even like Facebook, Instagram, all of, all of these companies are privately owned now. Um, there's no kid just yelling on the, on the, the corner of the street, yelling the news at you. Like that's, that's the most free form of press. Just a kid coming up and being like, Hey, did you hear? Um, and like, it, it even happens to this day. Like your kids rat on you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like an eight-year-old kid just throwing a newspaper at you, like read a book, dude. Like, yeah, where'd that go? What? Where did, where did it that go? go? And like, secondarily, that? if you're standing on the corner, um, screaming at people, a today, a lot of people think you're a weird guy standing on the corner. Yeah, screaming you're gonna get you're gonna get the cops called on you. <laughs> and B, they're gonna call it a um, the harassment or something. Yeah, or the. Hate crime? Disturbing the... Disturbing, disturbing the, the peace. peace. Yeah. Yes, disturb, yep, yep, you're disturbing yep. the peace by yelling from the corner. But, I mean, if you're just yelling facts about, like, what's going on in the country, is it really disturbing? I'm... Yeah, just like somebody driving by on a motorcycle and you throw a newspaper at them. <laughs> I mean, as, as a motorcyclist, I don't want newspapers thrown at me while I'm riding. Come on, man. <laughs> challenge. <laughs> Accept the challenge. The newspaper challenge. All right, so the new challenge is you ride your motorcycle. There's a gauntlet, a thousand people on either side. If you make it to the end, you get a Tootsie Pop. I'm down. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. That's a bad situation for your Your motorcycle's not in good shape. Oh, and it also has to be on a dirt road, too. <laughs> well, now you're attacking me with this. Exactly. Okay, um, uh, let's move on. <laughs> I got a questions for you, so wherever you want to take it I thought you. I thought you had... Had another one. Oh, oh no, I did. Star Wars question. Star Wars question. Yes. Oh, okay. If you were to fight for the Empire or the Galactic Trade Federation, which side would you fight for and why? The Galactic Trade Federation or the Empire? Yes. So those are two different complete okay. Well no, the the, the Trade Federation being from the first movie when they were in control yes. of the droids. Yes. The Galactic Fade Federation. Oh wow, that the Galactic Trade Federation was an earlier superstructure. Yeah, but um, was it Dooku who tried to implement a second Galactic Trade Federation? I think so. I think he was actually one of the leading characters in the uh, in in the Galactic Trade Federation, but. Okay, well, this isn't about lore. It's about what side you would fight for. So, what side would you fight for? If I had to choose between two of the evil... No, 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 no. the okay, Fade right. Treader... <laughs> the Trade Federation was not evil. No, 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 no. They were no, capitalists. No. Yes. I'm talking strictly in how the movies portrayed, portrayed them. them. Yeah, okay. you're right. <clears throat> Galactic Trade Federation all the way. You'd fight for the Fade Federation. The Fade Federation every time. I'm super glad you said that. Um, however, and you and like one other person have told me this, the Empire is supposed to be America. Yeah, yeah. It was George George Lucas's um, his first idea for the Empire and the Rebellion was based off of America and the Viet Cong in the Vietnam War. And the Empire was supposed to be America, and the rebels 
were supposed to represent the Viet Cong. So, that being the the original, did he ever decide to like swap his stance out on that or no? To be honest, I got that off of a TikTok. Oh, so it might not even be true. It might not even be true. But if it is, no. But you're you're the second person to tell me this, and the first person is a forty year old man who's been with Star Wars from the beginning. Um. So it's probably semi true. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. You got any questions for me? Oh, absolutely. I have too many. Fire away. So anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm a strong lover of Danny DeVito. Just for the record, if anyone was wondering. And it's always sunny in Philadelphia. So, yeah. A little bit of background. <laughs> so, my first question, and I believe I asked you this question as a primer. And this is actually a really deep question. I'm just going to get it out of the way right now. Go ahead. What do you think is the most fundamental character trait of a patriot? So, we actually had a really long discussion about this one. Very long. I don't want to get into that hour and a half conversation again. Um, So... The short answer is love for your country, but my answer for that is individualism. At least living in America and living in the the governmental system that we do, because it offers the, the ability for someone to be an individual. Um, <clears throat> that's why I think all these people... So, like, I have a lot of friends that are super weird, and I don't mean, like, don't bathe and spend too many days in the woods weird, um, but I mean, like, they're super outstanding and outspoken, and, like, I know this homosexual man, and he's the most flamboyant person you will ever meet, and I absolutely love him, and he always has something mean to say to me when he sees me, but I will stand for it every time, because he has the right to be that way. And so that's the... Individualism in America is what I feel is the most patriotic trait there is. Aside from obviously loving your country. I hate those people that are like, no, I'm an individual, but I hate my country because... Why? How, how, did, you, how did you get the individualism in the first place, buddy? Yeah, it's, it's the rights that you were given at birth by your forefathers and um, uh, brothers and sisters who died for... For you to have that right to be an individual. Yeah, patriotism. It's a, it's a great thing, but it can also go both ways. Oh, yeah, no, like straight up nationalism where, like, um, I'm the greatest country on earth, everyone else should die. No, that's bad jujubes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something like Soviet Russia. <clears throat> yeah, like a very, very bad nationalism and, and patriotism that happened there. But, like, a strong reserved patriotism? wonderful thing to have and it's what drives nations forward but i think that 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 is a really really good point is the individual aspect of the people in our country i think that if if you aren't afforded rights and liberties as an individual they can just as easily be taken away because who's gonna who's gonna speak for you? Yeah, the group, the group is gonna speak for you. You don't get a voice. I, th- I think that's a that's a really good a really good answer to that question. I, I I thought really hard on it after you originally asked me, um, and that hour and a lo- hour and a half long discussion we had really helped me come to this final answer that I've just given you, because. Literally, the only reason we can be who we want to be in this country is because of our Bill of Rights. And our um, ability to be individuals. Yeah. And so, individualism is my answer as far as patriotism goes for this country. Yeah. Um, and, and today, I mean, uh, yeah. So, that's that's my answer there. <laughs> what else he got? Alrighty. So, 
this next one is kind of very, just very similar to one you asked me. What do you think would be the most important thing to implement into the school systems that everyone had to learn and know to graduate? What do you think is from our perspective? Okay. What's one thing that you would put into the school system so that people had to learn? Um, so I have two answers to this. And I'm just going to give you both of them. Number one, game theory. Game theory just tells you how to beat someone at anything. Um, and I mean from like marbles all the way up to uh, chess. I mean, game theory is ridiculous. Um, but the answer that I would have to state more strongly is constitutional comprehension. And I don't mean understanding. I don't mean regurgitating the information on a test. Comprehension. I want people to be so versed in the Constitution that a complete stranger can walk up and be like, I've never heard of a Constitution. What is it? And the person be able to educate the someone who knows nothing about it to the same level. Isn't it kind of crazy that actual, um, um, God, what's the word for them? People who leave their country to come here, what are they called? Immigrants. Immigrants, yes, that's the word. Thank you. Yeah. It's a really hard word to find. It is, yeah. Immigrants, when when they come here legally. Yeah. And after they actually become citizens. They're required to have constitutional comprehension. Yes, they And they the children in our country aren't required to know it. They themselves know more about our country and our founding and our founding documents than the people who were born here. There's and you wonder and you wonder why those are the people who get more upset than your naturally born American citizens when things come down like illegal immigration or or uh, infringements on rights. Yeah. Those are the people that get really upset. Well I don't I'm I love my country. I love the people who live in it. Everyone's going to find out one day how much I love this place and every single individual who lives here that has not committed a heinous crime. Disclaimer. <clears throat> um, you will all find out in coming days, weeks, months, years, whatever. But I know more individuals who've immigrated to this country the legal way and gone on to become millionaires than I know Americans that have ever done anything in that aspect. And these immigrants have either become uh, millionaires on their visas and then gotten their citizenship or vice versa. Or, I mean, even in one situation, I know a man who worked on a ranch for 25 years. He had eight kids. He could never become legal with all of his children in the house. So he worked illegally. And yes, that's a horrible thing. It's taking jobs from Americans. Um... But whatever, there was this old farmer, always kept him on payroll. And after his last kid graduated high school, got out of the house, went to college, this guy got his citizenship. Like, yeah, yeah, he didn't go about it the best way. But he took care of his kids. Every single one of his children went on to college. Every single one. And he became American citizen. Now he owns a home, he owns a 1965 Mustang convertible, and he has uh, uh, seven college graduate children and one working on it or whatever. <laughs> like. Honestly. Yes, there are legal alleyways that you have to go through to become an, an American citizen. But if that kind of situation comes to fruition, I'm not as mad as the people who come here, commit crimes, kill people, sell drugs, they're well, smuggling drugs. See, that's the issue that I'm worried about when it comes to the borders. Not the people who come here to literally get the opportunity 
like he had. Yeah. This is my answer to everything in regards to that, though. That's what you hear about. You've never heard the story I just told you until today. I've heard stories like it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've told you about the illegal immigrant with the 65 Mustang. Mm-hmm. But I never told you he became an, uh, a, a legal citizen. I never told you that he had eight kids that have gone on to college. Like, you don't hear about that stuff on a daily basis because it doesn't make a good story. Which circles back to the... Uh, freedom of speech or freedom to free press being encroached upon because everything is privately owned and they're just after ratings and all that jazz. Um, Oh yeah. But yeah, like you only hear about the loud minority. It's less than 1% up to five, but it makes the loudest part of it because it's a better story than the rest of it. That's even like, um, the city of Seattle I mean, there's like 5,000 people. 5,000 people in the city of Seattle? No, 5,000 <laughs> people that are holding the city of Seattle captive. In that, uh, what a, Chad? Chaz? Oh, yeah, Chaz. Chaz. Heck yeah, bro. But like, I don't know how many people live in Seattle, but I feel like it's a lot more than 5,000. Yeah, no, I honestly... I've been planning a vacation. <laughs> and I was looking at all these nice places to go, like Cabo San Lucas in Mexico. Yeah. And and maybe, you know, the Caribbean or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I decided on Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, figured, I figured, you know what? That's probably the place to be right now. <laughs> maybe they have an olive garden. Who knows? Oh, dude. You send me to an Olive Garden, I will throw up the next day. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't even remember the last question. Oh, no. Yeah, it was the constitutional comprehension. And if I could require children to know one thing when they left school, what would it be? So, yeah, that is my answer to that, is constitutional comprehension. Um, And I agree with you. Wholeheartedly. People... Some, some people don't know how many states are in America. 52, right? Well, I mean, if you add Washington, D.C., and then what's the other one that's trying to become uh, Guam? Puerto Rico or Guam. Puerto Rico, Guam. One, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Virgin Islands. I, I have no idea. I don't know. But, yeah, 52 if you count them. Yeah, there, there's 50 landlocked and then Alaska and Hawaii, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> no hate if you don't know your um your uh, country geography. No hate at all. <laughs> Just there's 50 states. Yeah, you there's know, 50 of those little total, winners. Total. Some of them aren't little. Actually, you know what? <clears throat> it the country kind of looks like one of the presidents um gave a map, okay, of the United States to someone and said, "All right, I need you to divide this up into 60 sections." It looks like they started with the West and then moved East. And they're like, oh, yeah, I got plenty of space. And then they run out of space. And then they're like, oh. Let's fit a little Rhode Island in there. <laughs> they're like, crap. I only got 49. I need to make 50. I'm just going to take this island right here, and that'll be a state, too. <laughs> oh, Hawaii? Is that the one you're Rhode Island. Rhode, oh, yeah, I guess. Rhode Island, yeah. Whatever. You know, it, it's the only state where you can see both the welcome to Rhode Island and the <laughs> now exiting Rhode Island <laughs> at the same time. I wonder if the world record spitting distance guy could just spit <laughs> over Rhode Island. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Rhode Island's so small. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know the numbers on that, but I feel like the world record spitter has got to be able to probably spit over Rhode Island. Or at least like the panhandle of Oklahoma. Who knows? Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> next question. Shoot. I just thought of this one on the way here. Oh, my. If you were elected president, what would be your first executive order? 
For legal reasons, this is a joke. For legal reasons, this is 110% a joke. That being said, I would disband Congress, and I would tell people that we're going to have a blood dome, and the winners of the blood dome get to be the elected officials for the first round, at least. So elections are no, no longer no, no, elections? No, 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 just, just the one time. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, like, we're going to put politicians against everyday citizens, and whoever wins takes the seat. And then after that, we go back to regular election cycles. Mad Max, dude. Yeah, literally. Um, no, yeah, so... God, that took no time for me to think <laughs> of. Um, which should go to tell you where I lean politically. Uh, a, a little bit of anarchist, a little bit of libertarian. Um, but I, I'm wholeheartedly a, a right-wing, conservative, Christian-American, cisgendered male. Uh, don't listen to me when I speak. Or do. You might learn something. Maybe. But so, yeah, I would put, no, I'm just joking, but I would disband Congress and I would tell people that we have to hold a new election and uh, nobody with a political science degree could get into Congress <laughs> for at least four terms. So, to me, that sounds a little dictatorial. Um, I mean, the, I know, new, I know, the I know. new Congress could impeach me. I wouldn't care. Well, I know, I know. And it's like, but something's got to give, you know, we've, we've been legit. Okay. I'm I'm going to refine that question a little bit. <laughs> what is, what is the first issue in the country that you would address tyranny as president tyranny, tyranny with a blood down? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I mean, if, if you want me to answer it differently, I will. Term limits. Term limits? Term limits on Congress. <clears throat> yeah, but isn't there a, isn't like a state senate position like six years or whatever? You can get elected as many times as people will elect you. No, I know. I know. But like, so for, for state senate, I would put one term limit. One six-year section. That's all you get. After that, you're screwed. Go run for representative. You can't mess up as many things there. You don't have as much time. Because representative is two years, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, yeah, term limits would be a good idea, but no, I would automatically kick out Congress right away. I'm going Putin on this stuff. No, only, literally only one time. Only one time. And elect new people. That's it. Because a lot of people have been in office for between 20 and 50 years. I don't know if it's the state of Washington or the state of Oregon, but there's a district. And the people there love the forest they have. The man who has been in position there since 1981 made all of his money off of logging. The number one issue there is deforestation. The forests were the reason they were getting tourist dollars, which is where they get all of their dollars in this district. And the man who's the representative for that district, has made all of his money off of logging. Tell me that's not a blatant miscommunication. Between constituents and your representative. Exactly. Exactly. So, kick them all out. Start over. And that's why I'm a firm believer that... No, I'm not a firm believer. I just believe that... Everyone should be given a shot to lead, whether it be the dodgeball team in middle school or quarterback or everyone should be given a chance in a leadership position. There are natural born leaders and then there are people that are forged into leaders. Sometimes those, uh, those people who are forged into leaders are better at leading. George Washington, <coughs> prime example number one. He's an interesting character, and we definitely will get into his history on the podcast. I mean, he he's a very, very interesting individual. And I think that we could probably spend like eight episodes just on 
his history. We should do that. We should make like a Washington Wednesday for like a month or something. Yeah. I feel like that's a good idea. I'm going to write that in the note quick. Write that in the note quick. Um, okay. Got that. <laughs> Got no, it. I'm, I'm not even joking. I, I think it. that's a really fun idea. Washington Wednesday. And I think, I think that we should also <clears throat> go about covering every founding father. Not just the ones that people hear about. Because when you think of founding father, who do you think about? You think of George Washington, yeah, John and Samuel Adams. Yeah. You think of Alexander Hamilton. But do you think of Roger Sherman? I won't even lie. I don't even know who that is. He is the... I think he is one of the only founding fathers that signed every founding document. Wait, really? Yeah. Who is this man? He was a... He was one of the older... Founding fathers, because quite a few of them were, were pretty young. I mean, it's... When, when you look at the founding fathers and, and you think of... And you think of the guys that are... Um, you know, their, their names are thrown about. Most people know their names. Yeah. They were teenagers, early 20s when they were there. I, and some, some of them were. Some of them were younger. Uh, I don't think teenagers... But I think that a lot of people don't really know that these were, I mean, like most of these people were really young. I mean, look at Congress now and compare it to how it was back when they were forming the nation. I believe the oldest founding father was Benjamin Franklin. But yeah, I think I think we should get into. I mean, Hamilton was sixteen when the Boston Tea Party happened. Yeah, he was he was really young. <laughs> that's that was he's just the youngest one that I'm aware of, and that's why I said teens, twenties. Um, but like when the, when the Constitution was signed in 1787, yeah, he, he I mean he was older than that. Yeah, but I mean like at the events leading up to that, a lot of them were really young. Yeah, but I think I think that people need to. Um, they need to learn about the Founding Fathers, how they grew up, how they got into the revolution and, and the founding of the country, and what important roles they played in the founding. I think, I think it's something that a lot of people in the founding don't really, don't really know. Like, I, I honestly didn't know a heck of a lot about the founding fathers until I myself started to go and and read books. That's why I'm really excited about this book, uh, The Founder's Recipe. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, it's just a bunch of the writings from the the men who inspired the founding fathers to do what they did. Like Think about it. Those guys were straight-up revolutionaries. They were like, no, nope, we're not going to take any crap from anyone. We're going to start our own country. Not all of them. Well, no, but you know what I mean? Like, the the radical ones that actually did Samuel it. Adams. <laughs> Patrick Henry. Yeah. Who were the men that inspired them? A lot of them. Books. Yeah. Most of, most of the founding fathers were well-educated and wealthy. Some of them weren't, though. Like George Washington? Oh, he was rich. But he was he was also well-educated. He had a history in uh, leading in a military position. Even though his his very you know his first leadership experience wasn't that great <laughs> during the uh, the French Indian War, yeah. where he actually fought with the British. But I mean, a lot of the guys got a lot of the founding fathers, not a lot, but a, a good handful of them got put here by the British. <clears throat> I 
So I'm I'm not surprised that any of them fought with or for the British at any point or had a position as an accountant or whatever for a British what have you. Like I'm that doesn't surprise me at all. Um and you see that a lot. Um I mean like I guess the only place and I'm not that educated in it, but like the French Revolution, there was a straight up <laughs> overtaking <laughs> you know guillotines in the streets and such <laughs> yeah um yeah but i think you're right i mean a lot a lot of uh a lot of these founders did have a lot to do with um the british back then yeah and like they didn't have parliament positions but either trade positions or well, I mean, tailors or masons for the the british colony whatever a lot of them were in positions like that when they just decided it was it, that there was a straw that broke the camel's back at one point. Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at like even John Adams, so the Boston Massacre, he actually so he was a lawyer, a very good one. He's a very prominent one in his day, and during the Boston Massacre, he was he actually represented the British soldiers. Wait, wait, in, in the trial versus the people? The trial versus, you know, the, the, the British soldiers. Yeah. That fired upon the people. Yes. He represented them. He represented the soldiers that fired on the people. Yes. Wow. Yes. I don't, I don't know if it was on his own accord, but mainly on, you know, he wanted to keep his practice. He was he was very good at what he did, and he he made a decent living off of it. And he was he was actually a really happy man. But eventually, eventually talking to you know his his cousin Samuel Adams, who was a radical, just hated everything there was to do with. British rule in the colonies. I don't blame him. I hate being ruled. He eventually started to see the the issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So a lot of those guys, they either worked with or for the British at one point and then just switched over. A lot of them didn't. A lot of the Tories is what they were called. They were British loyalists. A lot of them left America after the revolution ended. They they were like, yep, nope, we're not. We don't want this. Wait, how many how many British Tories didn't get dead during the revolution? Was it a lot? A lot of British Tories were actually evacuated from major cities, like Boston. By they, the Brits? By the British. Or? Okay, all right. <clears throat> and... So, like, hardcore supporters were, like, refugeed out. Pretty much, yeah. Some of them stayed in, in in the uh, in the country after the Revolution and after the Articles of Confederation were signed. And a lot of them were mistreated. They weren't afforded the same... <laughs> the same type of rights that... Um, that non-Tories were... Because during during that period where the Articles of Confederation was the was the governing document, each state was essentially their own country. I mean, they were putting um, tariffs on other states to. Uh, yeah, that's why Hamilton put the um, financial order that he did in place. So that states could accept debt from other states um, in trade for uh, goods and services and such. Um, is because of the, the whole tariffs and all that such when the states were not... They didn't like working together. Yeah. And that's something that we can get into as well. Further down the road... Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss a lot of this later. Um, do you have any other questions? I had one, but I think I forgot it. Oh, wow. 
I can't. I actually don't think I forgot it. I know I forgot it because I can't remember it. All right, I have one really fun one for you. Okay. All right. Would you rather fight one British battalion from nineteen? Or sorry, I apologize. From seventeen seventy five with only a Glock and a K bar, or would you rather fight two British battalions from nineteen hundred with an AR fifteen and two magazines of ammo? I'm just fighting them with a Glock, like no ammo, just like. No, six bullets in the clock. Six rounds. Yes, six nine millimeter rounds. I'll take the AR fifteen every day. <laughs> I'm not terrible with a Glock, <clears throat> but but six rounds will only get you as far as six rounds will. You know, may, maybe eighteen kills. <laughs> but I mean, my thought on fighting. A British battalion in 1775 with a knife. I don't. I don't really want to do that. Yeah, they have five foot long rifles with bayonets. Yeah, and they are trained highly with them. <laughs> they were. They were very well funded back then. I mean, you could have fixed the K bar to the to the Glock, and then you would also have a bayonet. Or I could just. I mean, I could potentially steal a musket with a bayonet on it. But I would rather sneak around with an AR-15. Yeah, yeah. And then if I run out of ammo with the AR-15, you know, I can still sneak around. Pick up some muskets. Pick up some muskets. Yeah. I don't know. That's my last question. Um, I don't really want to jump down another rabbit hole. Yeah, we're pretty good at that. And that's probably what you guys are going to hear a lot of. Yeah. I mean, it all stays, like, relatively on topic. Um, but there are definitely going to be a lot of rabbit holes. And they're going to go a lot further than what we cut them off at. We're going to come back to them later or make a dedicated episode to them or whatever the jazz you want. <clears throat> yeah, but, but you, you're going to see a lot of content that... That touches specifically on certain issues, not just of today, because we don't really want to be that that podcast that covers the news like you know every other. I mean, news we, podcast. I can there. talk about the the cod shortage. Shortage. There, there's a shortage of cod. The fish. Yeah. We could discuss that. It's a, that's like an up and coming issue. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. At least I don't want to be the podcast where we put out an episode and then two weeks later it's irrelevant because all we talked about was the issues pertaining to that day or that week. Yeah, I want to give educational content that you know you can you can listen to a year and a half later and still gain something from it. And we're we're entirely open, at least I am, but I I'm I'm fairly certain I'm correct when I say we're both open to constructive criticism. Oh absolutely. Reviews. If you have something you would like to hear specifically about any one of these topics or an unrelated topic, let us know. Um if you just wanna tell us we're dumb and whatever, let us know. I mean <laughs> any feedback is good feedback. Um Oh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we are very, very green when it comes to podcasting. Very green. Yeah, we got the, the Facebook page, Say No to Gun Control. Um, we have the Instagram, the Liberty Brothers podcast, or I Liberty Brothers podcast only. There's no the, it's just Liberty Brothers podcast on Insta. All under case, no spaces. Um, and I'm going to work on getting us a website I hope this week, maybe next week. I imagine we're only going to have like one listener for this episode. So whatever. Doesn't matter that much. Um, yeah, right now it's just it's just we're, we're trying to figure out all the ins and outs of the podcast. I mean, we, we bought a mixer board and I mean we learned the hard way that mixer boards Unless they can record on multi-track, are not 
not that great. Yeah, so if you want feedback on how to set up your podcast, <laughs> we can tell you what not to do. Yeah, buy a don't buy a really cheap mixer board and then regret it. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that cheap though. It's eighty bucks. Oh, that, that's pretty cheap for a mixer board. Yeah, it's eighty bucks. All right, never mind. I mean, we can we can make it work for now, and we're going to. But let us know if you want to donate to a Patreon. Which we don't have right now. No, but we could get one. We could abs- make extra content. Yeah. Yeah. I think warring the states would be a really good... Dude, no, we're, we're 100% doing that. We're going to put the states against each other in a war. Yeah, so actually, before we leave, uh, this will be the last thing that I have to say. And if uh, Reed has anything to say about this, I'll punch him in the face and that'll be the end of it anyway. Um, I want to hear from every single state... And like I said, we're not going to get a lot of listeners at first, but I want to hear from every single state why you think your state would win a war against the state surrounding it and then against its alleged uh, rival. So, like, uh, Minnesota's rival would be Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin could either pick Minnesota or Illinois. Uh, I don't... uh, Texas and California, I think those are, like, pretty solid rivals. Um... But yeah, we definitely want to war the states against each other, so... You know, we want to know why you think your state would win against another, or, you know, what collaboration you would your state would have with other states, or, you know, certain areas, or whatever. Um, basically, like a, like a civil war type, type uh, idea. And actually, if, if the warring the states part is what the people want to hear, I will set up a dedicated website to that. I will set up a dedicated TikTok to that. I will set up a dedicated Facebook, Instagram, freaking Twitter, Pinterest, we could, uh, we LinkedIn, could, you, yeah, you yeah. name it. We could even do a separate podcast specifically <clears throat> on that. I, I mean... I just love that idea. I want to see how the loggers of Minnesota would fight uh, the, the oil rigging, uh, gun toting, hog shooting Texans. But that's the thing is, would that ever would that ever happen? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. It's going to take a lot of analysis to to no, break this down. No, just dam off the Mississippi River and they'd run out of water. So that's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So any input on that would be would be awesome. Um, uh, get you guys involved in in what we're talking about. Yeah. So this was episode zero. If you got to the end. And um, enjoyed the rambling. Please come back for more. Um, we got plenty of plenty of content, plenty of episodes that that we got coming up. Yeah. We're gonna try to we're gonna try to start by recording one episode, maybe every month or so, every two weeks. We're going to see how it goes. He's a liar. We're doing one every week, and I will fight him if he says otherwise. Think about the schedules, man. I'm familiar with the schedules. That just means we'll have to double up some days. Yeah, probably. Anyway, thank you for listening. zero. We have no sponsors to mention because... We don't have a sponsor. I already shamelessly <laughs> plugged our Facebook, our Instagram. Um, like I said, we're going to have a website. Um, Any other form of social media you can think of, we'll probably have that. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, guys.